day. I'm Anne Dolenshek and you're listening to Coffee Conversations about Influencer Marketing. In this episode, we're in conversation with Yuan Fansale, a director at the Infinity Influencer Division. Before getting involved in the influencer marketing industry, Yuan spent 15 years in brand marketing as head of marketing for prestige brands, as well as head of trade marketing at Perno Ricard, South Africa. Grab a coffee and listen as we discuss the ever-growing need for relatable, relevant and real content, the changed role of celebrities in influencer marketing, and how the addition of performance media can scale user-generated content and other key results for brands. If you enjoy this podcast, you will also enjoy our fortnightly newsletter that keeps you up to date with influencer news from around the world. Subscribe at the link in the show notes. This podcast series has been made possible through an exclusive sponsorship from SA's number one nano-influencer platform, The Salt. Most brands have a communication line to their existing customers, but not a way to get them to have additional positive brand conversations. The Salt solves the problem by identifying brand fans and getting them to talk more about their positive brand experiences. The Salt have a database of over 140,000 registered brand fans and in-depth information on each to perfectly match your brand to the right influencers. Reach out to them now and see what they can do for you. Hi, Yuan. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us today. Before we jump into today's episode, can you maybe give us a bit of insight and some background into who you are and your journey into influencer marketing? Thanks, Anne. Yeah. It's a, it's a privilege to be here. Uh, fun being able to to catch up in this way. Um, yes, so my my journey, we don't go back too far, but I I grew up in George, so a small town boy. Then uh, moved to Varsity, and I I decided to go and have a look at the big city lights. So I went to Rao in Johannesburg, which is quite a quite a shift from from the garden route. Um, spent some time there, did a BCom degree, and then after that, I uh, went and played some rugby professionally for about five years. And as I left uh, rugby, yeah, I joined a, a fantastic business which was growing in South Africa, uh, a global giant, but still at the time quite small uh, and inconspicuous in, in a South African context, Pernarica, South Africa which is part of the French uh, spirits and wine uh, giant. Yeah, because I was kind of intrigued by brands. I didn't necessarily uh, major in marketing, but obviously had marketing as part of my e-com studies. Um, Yeah, and joined them as a a brand manager. And uh, I had to learn the hard way very quickly. But I spent 15 fantastic years there that I wouldn't uh, 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 exchange for anything. Learned a lot. Uh, met some phenomenal people and, and traveled the world, which was uh, a huge privilege. Ended there in a role as head of trade marketing, which I had for, for one year. But before that, the 14 years prior, I, I'd spent in various brand roles and eventually entered my, my pure brand section as head of marketing on the prestige brands. Yeah, and then uh, in 2017, oh, no, I lied, 2016, um, I had some conversations with uh, the guys at Infinity Media, and I jumped, jumped ship into the, the kind of the, the entrepreneurial space, joining the influencer division as a shareholder in November 2016, uh, and cutting my, my kind of corporate ties. And uh, yeah, uh, since then, it's, it's been a, a, a roller coaster uh, with a lot of fun. You know, it's, uh, 
I've learned a lot on this side as well. Uh, in a smaller business, uh, actually very similar to my first few years at Puerto Rico, we had very much an entrepreneurial mind uh, set and treating it like your own business. I think that's the great thing about our organization is that, yeah, uh, you're kind of really empowered to treat uh, it as your own business. Um, learned a lot about influencer marketing, I think, which is which has really opened my eyes. Uh, seen some amazing stuff, and uh, and yeah, it's been a lot of fun since then. What was your attraction to go from your marketing side at Perno to actually going into influence marketing? That that's it's same same, but very different. It it, it certainly is. I mean, in terms of influencer marketing. Uh, working in the high-end uh, spirits and, 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 and champagne world certainly was, was uh, exposed to influences across the board, mainly on your celebrity scale. But uh, yes, it, it certainly was a jump. It was probably the allure of, of, of joining an entrepreneurial business and not getting caught up in the, in the, the tangles of, of a large corporate uh, and, and not being able to, to leave eventually, you know, uh, to... to to cut a, a long story short, uh, yeah, it was it was very much the entrepreneurial space, and also, uh, you know, at the time, Peter Grunewald, our CEO, kind of really explained to me in terms of his vision for the business, his vision, and and where influencer marketing was heading at the time. Yeah, and and as you know, uh, since then, you know, influencer marketing has 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 really shot to prominence uh, uh, from a from a from a marketing perspective. Yeah, in the last five years, it's it's really just exploded in South Africa. And there's never a dull moment, which is what I absolutely love about it. So, Johan, coming from your background before you worked in influence marketing, what was kind of, if you can maybe think back, what was your first memory of seeing like an influencer campaign? And why did it stand out for you? Kind of what caught your attention where you go like, oh, actually, influence marketing is kind of going to be a thing one day? Yeah, I'd say, I'd say, Prior to joining Infinity, you know, there, uh, there was never really an influencer campaign per se as part of uh, any of the marketing uh, activities or strategies. Influencers was kind of interwoven into most of the strategies uh, because working with brands like Chivas Regal, the Glenlivet, uh, Mom Champagne, Jameson, Absolute, aspirational high-end brands, uh, you were always exposed to kind of high-profile events, brand launches, sponsorships, uh, high-profile networking opportunities, uh, and influences, or at that stage, you know, uh, celebrities was was really kind of part and parcel. It was a game stake, you know, uh, in terms of the world that we that we operated in. But I must say, if I if I can highlight two elements where I really kind of saw how influences uh, really played a role in terms of determining so rather the profiling of the influences and being correct uh, I was fortunate uh, you know to work on some of the most amazing brands at, at Puerto Rico and uh, I did a global TV ad uh, with Liver Chivalry uh, that featured uh, a UK actor by the name of Chiwetel Ejiofor uh, which was all around you know the idea of driving a social conscience and social entrepreneurship where you would, uh, you know, give back to society, uh, you know, profit for good, if I can put it that way, kind of uh, extend it further into uh, uh, consumer 
a platform called The Venture, where it enticed uh, local entrepreneurs with the social conscience to, to enter a, a, a global competition. But it was really about kind of uh, looking at Tuatel and, and the values and the personality that he had and how that kind of aligned with Shivas Regal as a brand, but it also would resonate with the target audience. You know, so that being an, as an example, kind of started giving me without necessarily purely looking at it as an influencer strategy, kind of looking at how you need to apply, uh, you know, a, a thought process, a very specific thought process when, when working with influencers. Now, this obviously being at the high end of a, of a celebrity, interesting, you know, at the complete opposite end, a brand like Red Out Rum, we did the TV ad, uh, Live With Heart. Now, obviously a very masculine brand and appeals to a certain consumer segment in the South African, mainly male uh, audience. And there we actually profiled two, uh, you know, famous rugby players at the time who, who, you know, obviously being sportsmen, but certainly celebrities in their own right, Victor Maxfield and Bucky Sporta. And, and, and we used them um, in, the, in the TV ad because of, once again, the values and the, and the personalities that they brought to the fore and how that aligned with Red Art Rum. And then also kind of how they resonated with, within the target audience. So it's so kind of two very different examples, but kind of how uh, influencer marketing uh, kind of worked into my, my education as a marketer during my time as Pono Ricard. Those are amazing examples and I feel like you have such a great foundation even if you didn't know it at the time moving into the space then because you already understood what it took to actually identify the right people for the right brands who resonate the type of content so then my next question is now that you've moved into influence marketing and been here for quite a while now how has your perceptions been shaped or changed since those days with Perno and these amazing celebrities that you've worked with yeah, so I think at the time, it was very much aligning certain personalities with a brand that resonated with an audience. I think in terms of just the ability to take their content, the content that they, that they create uh, on their social media platforms and the influence that really has on, on, on their audiences, I think that, that for me really for the first time stood out when I started looking at real campaigns being executed. Another thing that that, that for me, in terms of my own perception, certainly has changed. It's just the quality of content that, that in general uh, is being delivered on, on, on campaigns, whether it be uh, celebrity, macro-influencers, micro-influencers, um, or, or, or even a, a nano-influencer. It's just the general quality of content has improved significantly. And then, you know, one thing that most marketers at some stage always want to look at is measurability there's just so many different ways that you can uh, drive uh, achievable kpis through influencer campaigns which i necessarily wasn't a too afraid with uh, at my time at pano Ricard. and also it was it's part being part of uh, you know influencer marketing growing within the south african uh, brand landscape so and then lastly it's just you know there's so many creative ways of incorporating influences into campaigns and what they can bring to the table. It's probably one of the most flexible marketing tactics out there, you know, in terms of either scaling up or scaling down, you know, doing targeted sampling, adding 
additional elements within their within their social media. So there's so many things that you can bring to the table from an uh, influencer marketing point of view, which which you are very limited with most other media formats. The industry has come such a long way in the last five years. Just two of the points said there. Quality of content creation has completely shot through the roof, whether you're nano, whether you're macro, just purely because anyone with a decent cell phone has a great camera these days. And being exposed to so much on social media and online, and we've got endless kind of resources, people are learning for themselves how to work things, angles, um, just kind of types of content, which has been really exciting to see. And then also that measurability that like every year, it just feels like we are adding more and more in depth so that we can give back to our clients, give them the ROIs they're looking for, give them the, the metrics they're looking for. And combined with other marketing activities, it, it really is really, really powerful. No, 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 no doubt. You see that every day with, you know, campaign results coming out. Absolutely. So, Yana, what are the biggest trends that you've personally seen in the last six months kind of emerging in our industry? I think there's, there's probably three big ones that stand out and maybe one additional one that I'm just, I'm just intrigued by. Um, so, the three trends for me personally that's that's standing out and they they, they are quite obvious but uh, you know is the emergence of e-commerce i think you know down to the the impact that the lockdown restrictions has had in our in our economy e-commerce has 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 shot into prominence and everyone's been scaling uh, themselves to be able to to have an online offering so emergence of e-commerce and then through social commerce, having shoppable posts. So I think I think that's that's an area that 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 we're going to see huge huge uh, uh, growth in the ability of influencers to drive revenue for online platforms. Then uh, a second one would probably be uh, the need for authenticity, relevance, relatable content, kind of being real. We we live in unfortunately quite a skeptical world, and I think people are more and more looking for real real content and then the, the third one would probably be just the, the combination of performance media driving uh, user generating content to scale and lastly the one that I'm probably most intrigued by is the evolution of, of TikTok in the South African market I think I think there's there's some fun and very interesting uh, developments there and I think yeah it's something to keep your eye on no, those are really great trends. And I think you're completely right. And all those things are going to just kind of, I think, amplify over the next couple of years, even because now we've been catapulted into this, what we call the new normal. And that e-commerce is definitely going to be key. Paid or performance media is going to be absolutely key. And that authenticity is going to be the biggest driver of that, because that's why people follow people. And speaking of people being more authentic, being more approachable, being more relatable, we are also seeing brands focusing a lot more on your micro and your nano influences than, than what we did in our macros. I mean, even you said with your time at Perno, that's when the celebrity was really like our big drivers in our influencer, influencer space. Why do you think that is? But then also... Is there then still a role for macro influences? And if there is one, what does that role look like? Hashtag no filter. That's how this podcast is delivering real down-to-earth stories told by real people. 
for an influencer campaign that takes brand conversation to everyday real life situations. Go check out thesalt.co.za. They are the undisputed experts in real influencer marketing. So, yeah, I mean, I think a very good and, and relevant question today. I think just the first part of your question, I think, you know, as I mentioned before, uh, you know, we, we live in quite a skeptical world out there. And I think if you can find something online from a relatable, trustworthy, authentic source, you know, it's believable. So I think that's, that's, that's one very important thing. My brands are, are going closer to the source, if I can put it that way, you know, tapping into micro-influencers and nanos across the board. Um, another reason probably, uh, you know, for brands uh, going that way is just the democratization of the industry. You know, you can run a campaign today for a fraction of the cost than you did potentially even 15 years ago when you actually, like like we discussed, you know, needed celebrities to, to drive some form of return on investment. And, you know, today you can, you can tap into, uh, you know, a few nanos add a performance campaign to that and, and see your real results, which, which, which really kind of makes this form of uh, communications, you know, it's open to the startup all the way through to, to your large corporates. I think another one is just, you know, based on that trend, also it's just the content curation has just improved significantly. Micros and mac uh, nanos are putting so much more effort into the quality of their content because they realize that that is their currency. That's, that's one of the big areas of, of improvements in both those categories. I think obviously micros kind of led the, the way, but nanos have fast become uh, specialists. As you said, you know, you've got a, if you've got a, a smartphone, you know, you've probably got one of the better cameras out there, uh, you know, video recorders, et cetera. It's just, yeah. So content has just continuously improved. From a macro point of view, I think they'll always have a role to play. You know, I think, I think the industry has just grown. You know, so the pie has increased. The size of this pie of where influencer content fits in has just increased. We'll keep on following uh, celebrities and, 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 and famous people because we're curious by nature. You know, we're intrigued by them, by their lifestyles, by what they wear, what they drink, where they go to. So I think we'll, they'll always have a role to play. You know, they'll always deliver on, on metrics like high impact. They'll, they'll be attention grabbing. They'll always have star appeal, you know, and, and in certain consumer categories, that is a game stake. You know, uh, the world that I certainly come from in the, in the previous life, that was a game stake. You know, who you, who you were seen with, where you were seen at, and what those people were consuming was very important to driving trends, driving aspirational themes. So I think even in that, but even in, in general categories, you're always going to see macros have a role to play. I 100% agree with you. I do believe that every category of influencer has its place depending on what the objectives are of a campaign. And we are, we are intrigued by celebrities, what they're doing, who they're seeing, what they're wearing. You gave us two really nice examples earlier of kind of influencer or incorporated influencer campaigns. And as you say, your previous life in marketing, but since you started working at Infinity and since you started working kind of on mass and influencer campaigns, can you give us two more examples of these campaigns that you were super, super proud of? I, I, I think the reason it's, it's a previous life is it is a very different life on that side of the boardroom table than it is where, you are, where we are now. But both of them bring their own pros and cons and I'm, I'm, I'm loving what I'm doing now. So 
Um, two campaigns that really kind of stand out. I think it's been a whirlwind five years, but two campaigns, and I have to highlight that's, uh, you know, that kind of really stood out, have been with two of the larger businesses in the South African landscape. The one being Take A Lot, and, and not just because they are the largest online retailer in South Africa, but, but because, you know, what they do, they always do do well. So, and it was really tapping onto the one trend that, that we spoke about earlier is the emergence of e-commerce and driving that through social commerce. Um, was a campaign we did uh, last year in May, June, um, and it was a proof of concept combining influencer content uh, with performance media driving revenue. Uh, the, the background to the campaign was it was the intent was to bring lapsed users or shoppers back to their platform. So that would have been shoppers who haven't shopped anything from their platform in the last 18 months and drive revenue with that target group. So quite a tough task at hand, uh, thinking at the scale of take a lot, uh, but we took it on and, uh, and we got the, a combination of nanos and micros on board, got them to bring relevance to the benefits of shopping online. And we highlighted certain aspects. So key aspects that we believed and combined with in discussions with the client was that possibly could have uh, withheld someone from shopping online. So firstly, addressing the safety aspect, you know, payment is safe, goods will be delivered. How do you return goods, et cetera. And then highlighting the wide variety of goods available. You know, it's, it's, you're going to take a lot nowadays and you can, you can, you can pretty much buy close to anything on there. So so it was really about uh, targeted content curation and then driving that through a performance media strategy to a very targeted audience. Once again, looking at people who haven't shopped online for 18 months. So in terms of the actual results, we had phenomenal results and we, we, we achieved every benchmark and improved on it. Since then, we've done multiple campaigns with, with Take-A-Lot and our key measure being return on ad spend in terms of revenue generated. We've been averaging anything between 15 and 30 times in terms of our results, which I'm incredibly proud of because based on every campaign being slightly different in terms of its targeting required. But yes, that's, that's, that's really been a, a fantastic campaign for us to have been involved in. And it's led to numerous campaigns since then with the Take Lot brand. Then our, a second campaign is we were quite fortunate to be involved right from the get-go but was with the Checkers 6060 brand. Checkers 6060 being one of a number of innovations that the ShopRite group has brought to the market in the last two years. I think they've really led innovation in the retail space and they've done an amazing job. I think everyone can see the results within their stores and their business overall. So the intent behind the campaign was to successfully launch every checker store that goes live onto their app. Now their app is quite specific in the sense that you have to live within a five kilometer radius of a live store to be able to order from that, uh, from the app and from that specific store. And then your goods will be delivered within 60 minutes. So a fantastic uh, promise on their end, end. But as you know, the skeptical world that we live in, you know, a lot of people think, you know, if it's too good to be true, it probably is. Um, and part of our job was, you know, to get nano influences, relatable, real people that we were able to target from a geographical location point of view, 
but also had relevance to the brand in terms of lifestyle and life stage to generate content about the 6060 app being alive in that area or within that store by 9 a.m. on the launch day. So very specific in terms of timing um, and, and, and the content. And the results have been phenomenal. We've, we've been fortunate enough to work with the Checker 60 team, 6060 team, uh, who have been amazing since uh, June last year, uh, right through to, it's been 12 months now. We've launched 127 of their stores nationally with them by targeting uh, the correct profiles within that geographical location and very strict criteria uh, in terms of lifestyle, life stage, um, and content that they have on their platform. So two campaigns that I've been very proud of. Uh, it's, you always feel under pressure when you work with big clients. They've got uh, you know, always very, very good people that work for them. And they demand, you know, the results. So, uh, yeah, very proud of those two. Those are two phenomenal campaigns. And, I mean, you have launched, what, 126 checker stores. That is incredible. Yeah, I, I, I can assure you I've only been the face to the client, our operational team, our social media management team, and our paid media team have worked tirelessly to ensure success. As with any campaign like this, where, you know, especially the Checker 6060, where you've got time limitations, yeah. you know, it's, it, it's very stressful. It's always difficult to get people to do what you want, when you want. And yeah, I can only take my hat off to our operational team in the back end, Jana, that deliver amazing profiles through our, our, our fantastic software, um, onboarding them, getting them excited. And then our social team driving, driving, you know, fantastic content, uh, inspiration, et cetera. And then our paid media team, obviously delivering, you know, the results and, and, and getting excitement within that geographical, you know, area around this app and actually showcasing the fact that you are going to get your goods within 60 minutes. It's beautifully packaged. Uh, it's safe. It's fast. And yeah, it's dependable. So yeah, it's, it's been it's been a very tough journey for them, and I and I really appreciate all their efforts. So, I'm I'm most definitely only the guy talking to the client, and I I can't take any credit for the success here. No, look, there's always a team behind that does amazing things, and you're part of that team. And I also think that's probably one of the big advantages of using a specialized agency instead of doing a lot of brands doing things in house. Is that kind of you take the pain away of all of that stress, we've got teams who specialists in that to actually handle all of that from A to Z. Yes, most definitely. And I think, I think the industry has moved so far in the last five years that I think you need to work with specialists. I think that's, that's certainly one thing I can, my one piece of advice to people out there is that, you know, work with specialists in, 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 in the field you know, who apply themselves around this, this uh, category of marketing, who understand all the dynamics at play, complications that come in, but they know how to handle those challenges. This is certainly a very challenging form of marketing because there's so many moving parts. And if you don't have specialists, you know, the chance of you getting uh, egg on the floor, you know, is pretty good. No, absolutely. And also, but they're changing all the time when people work in the industry day in and day out. They know how to handle things. They know what's going on, to your point. 
Theon, what tips do you have for other marketers who want to implement influencer campaigns going forward, but considering the shifts that the, the agent or the marketing and advertising industry has seen over the last 18 months or so? And I think, you know, I, I, where I was uh, worked in a specific category, you know, consumer category and, and consumer goods uh, for such a long time, I've really had the pleasure of dealing with marketing people across various sectors of business, you know, and each business kind of has its own strategic initiatives within that financial year that they want to achieve. Uh, and, you know, you've, you've got a variety of tactics that you, that you can bring into play into that marketing mix, uh, you know, to win in the marketplace. Uh, one thing I can, though, say to marketers out there is that I can, I can encourage you to educate yourself on influencer marketing. Do research on the industry and be informed on what influencers can bring to the table. The world of influencer marketing has changed dramatically in the last 10 years. Globally, but most certainly in a South African context, what you can achieve through influencers um, now in 2021 is vastly different to what you could have done in 2011. So I'd, I'd say I'd really encourage marketers to go out and educate themselves. There's so much uh, great information on, on the web. Um, so I think do that, empower yourself uh, and don't purely leave it uh, to your agencies to, to, to drive that piece. The second tip is as an as a, as a ex-brand marketeer, um, and you always want to, you're always driving return on investment, return on investment. And, and sometimes you get stuck in the proven. Why change it if, it if it ain't broke? But as we've learned through so many examples, you know, is that if you're not changing every day, you are going to get left behind. So be willing to test. Be willing to test. If you're running, for instance, branded content already on social media with a paid media strategy, targeting a, you know, a specific set audience, be willing to reallocate a portion, a small portion of that, that money to test an influencer campaign combined with a paid media strategy and measure the results of the influencer campaign versus what you're achieving currently with your brand-led campaign. You, know, you might be so surprised with the improvement that you could potentially see. So just be willing to test. It doesn't necessarily cost additional money. It's, it's uh, sometimes it's what you're doing already. You might just be able to do better. And sometimes in most instances, it's a combination. You know, I think brand and, and influencer run concurrently is probably the best model out there. And then I think the third and last step is one we touched on already. I think, you know, the, the days of using generalists are, are, are really behind us. You need to invest in specialists in the field. People who work on campaigns across various uh, consumer categories day in and day out, who've got specialist teams in the background, um, who apply themselves to, to the intricacies of influencer marketing and bring the best to the fore. As an example, you know, you're not going to pick a cricket player for your national baseball team just because there's a bat and the ball involved in both games. You know? So I'd say if... in Influencer agencies and suppliers out there are specialists, kind of in, invest in working with them uh, rather than, gen, than the generalists. You know, use the tech and the expertise that, that these specialists have refined and worked hard at getting the best at because you're going to see the results then. And, and now you can demand the results from, from influencer marketing. It's measurable 
and and it's effective. If I, I believe if you use specialists, you're going to come out winning on the other side. Those are absolutely fantastic tips. But that brings us to the end of our chat. Um, Yuan, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and sharing your experience with us. Um, it was a very informative and valuable chat. But before we let you go, please let everyone know where they can find you online if they want to know more about what you do and just who you are. Thanks, Anne. No, firstly, thank you for me. It's it's such a privilege uh, being able to chat to you. Uh, you know, it's nice in in a forum like this when you're able to share your experiences because I think you know you need to take and be willing to learn every day to keep on growing and keep on improving. So it's it's it was just for me a privilege to be able to share some of my experience. In terms of where you can find me, I'm on LinkedIn, Johan van Sale on LinkedIn. Um, I'm on Facebook as well as as Instagram, but I think. The most relevant spot would probably be on LinkedIn. Looking forward to connecting with any marketers uh, out there who would like to engage on influencer marketing. Perfect. Thank you so much, Yuan. And I'm sure we'll chat soon. Have a good one. Thanks, Anne. Have a fantastic day. Thanks, you too. Bye. This podcast series has been made possible by The Salt, the influencer company that turns influence into affluence. In the same way that information is presented in this podcast in a relatable and authentic way, The Salt gets your customers to tell their real brand stories to their community. Go to thesalt.co.za to learn more about how The Salt can help you grow your business.